another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. episode number 198, and specifically, it's a Whisperpedia episode about dog behavior. (laughs) If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of six types of episodes to calm those overactive squirrels that scramble around in your brain. These episodes include story time episodes, trivia time episodes, chat episodes, batch episodes, fade out episodes, and tonight you'll hear a Whisperpedia episode, which means I've selected an interesting Wikipedia article to read to you, and it's usually about some aspect of science, history, pop culture, mythology, or the animal kingdom. If you're interested listening to over 200 more Whisper episodes like this one, or listening to my special 8-hour-long episodes of nature sounds and background noises, like raindrops, ocean waves, ceiling fans, and white noise then feel free to click the links in the show notes or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. Alright, why did I choose dog behavior for tonight's Whisperpedia? Thank you to my listener, Lindsay, who suggested the topic of dogs. So I checked out the Wikipedia page about dog behavior, and I found lots of interesting stuff about dog play and their personality, dominance, reproductive behaviors, and even behavioral problems. I don't have a dog right now, but I do have a cat, and her behavior just fascinates me. She loves to play fight with me. She gets all perky with these big freaky eyes. They're not even freaky, they're more like playful, 
Yoda eyes. And then she just starts biting my hand, but they're gentle bites. And she'll even pause occasionally to lick my hand and then look up at me with those loving baby Yoda eyes before continuing to bite me to say, Dude, you okay? Can I continue? <laughs> so, although tonight is focused on dog behavior, I'm sure you'll find it very relevant to some of the strange behavior of whatever pet you do have, and maybe even relevant to some of your family, friends, or current or past partners, the biology and behaviors of all animals are not always that different. <laughs> so here are some interesting topics I'll address tonight about dog behavior. How the play between dogs differs from the play that happens between dogs and humans. I'll also tell you about dog empathy, temperament, and the seven dimensions of dog personality. Do age and gender affect a dog's personality? You might find the answer surprising. How to figure out the dominant dog in a group of dogs. I'll also tell you about pheromones, scents, territory markings, and yes, anal glands. I'll address dogs in heat and what the funny term flagging means. Causes and treatments of separation anxiety and tail chasing. And I'll finish with telling you how to socialize a wolf puppy, in case you want to raise a wolf puppy. Now, before I tranquilize your brain squirrels with information about dog behavior, I want you to think about your bed sheets for the next 60 seconds. Go ahead and roll around in your bed sheets like a happy puppy. Do your sheets bring you deep joy and comfort? If not, then maybe it's time to try Attitude Bamboo Sheets. Attitude is the sponsor of this episode, and they sent me some of their bamboo sheets to try. And here's the description that I came up with. They feel like the perfect marriage between hotel quality cotton sheets and super smooth silk sheets. 
So if you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover shipping on returns. These Attitude Bamboo Sheets are as soft as silk, breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton. And right now you'll get 20% off this sheet set and free shipping. Just text the word SLEEP to the number 64000. That's S-L-E-E-P to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. Okay, let's begin tonight's Whisperpedia. Following are select sections and details from the Wikipedia article titled Dog Behavior. I'll begin with an explanation about dog play and how the play between dogs differs from the play that happens between dogs and humans. Play between dogs usually involves several behaviors that are often seen in aggressive encounters. For example, nipping, biting, and growling. It is therefore important for the dogs to place these behaviors in the context of play rather than aggression. Dogs will signal their intent to play with a range of behaviors including a play bow, face paw, open mouth to play face, and postures, inviting the other dog to chase the initiator. Similar signals are given throughout the play to maintain the context of the potentially aggressive activities. From a young age, dogs engage in play with one another. Dog play is made up primarily of mock fighting. It is believed that this behavior, which is most common in puppies, is training for important behaviors later in life. Play between puppies is not necessarily a 50-50 balance of dominant and submissive roles between the two individuals. Dogs who engage in greater rates of dominant behaviors, for example, chasing and forcing the partner down, at later ages also initiate play at higher rates. This could imply that winning during play becomes more important as puppies mature. Dogs may show emotional contagion, which is linked to facial mimicry. 
response that occurs in less than one second in which one person involuntarily mimics another person's facial expressions, forming empathy. This has also been found in dogs at play, and play sessions lasted longer when there were facial mimicry signals from one dog to another. Now what about the play between dogs and humans? The motivation for a dog to play with another dog is distinct from that of a dog playing with a human. Dogs walk together with opportunities to play with one another, play with their owners with the same frequency as dogs being walked alone. Dogs in households with two or more dogs play more often with their owners than dogs in households with a single dog. This indicates that the motivation to play with other dogs doesn't substitute for the motivation to play with humans. It's a common misconception that winning and losing games such as duck of war and rough and tumble a dog's dominance relationship with humans. Rather, the way in which dogs play indicates their temperament and relationship with their owner. Dogs that play rough and tumble are more amenable and show lower separation anxiety than dogs which play other types of games and dogs playing tug-of-war and fetch are more confident. Dogs which start the majority of games are less amenable and more likely to be aggressive. Playing with humans can affect the cortisol levels of dogs, and cortisol is a hormone which increases when animals become stressed in one study, the cortisol responses of police dogs and border guard dogs were assessed after playing with their handlers. The cortisol concentrations of the police dogs increased, meaning showing stress, whereas the border guard dogs' hormone levels decreased indicating less stress. The researchers noted that during the play sessions, police officers were disciplining their dogs, which may have been causing the stress, whereas the border guards were truly playing with them. In other words, this included bonding and affectionate behaviors. They commented that several studies have shown that behaviors associated with control, authority, or aggression increase cortisol and therefore stress. 
requires play and affiliation behavior decrease cortisol levels. The next section is about empathy, personality, and temperament. In 2012, a study found that dogs oriented toward the owner or a stranger more often when the person was pretending to cry rather than when they were talking or humming. When the stranger pretended to cry rather than approaching their usual source of comfort, their owner, dogs sniffed, nuzzled, and licked the stranger instead. The dog's pattern of response was behaviorally consistent with an expression of empathic concern. A study found a third of dogs suffered from anxiety when separated from others. The term personality has been applied to human research, whereas the term temperament has been mostly used for animal research. However, both terms have been used interchangeably in the literature or purely to distinguish humans from animals and avoid anthropomorphism. Personality can be defined as, quote, a set of behaviors that are consistent over context and time, end quote. Studies of dogs' personalities have tried to identify the presence of broad personality traits that are stable and consistent over time. Several potential personality traits have been identified in dogs. For instance, playfulness, curiosity or fearlessness, Chase proneness, sociability and aggressiveness, and shyness slash boldness. A meta-analysis of 51 published peer-reviewed articles identified seven dimensions of canine personality. Number one, reactivity, such as approach or avoidance of new objects, increased activity in novel situations. Number two, fearfulness, such as shaking or avoiding novel situations. Number three, activity. Number four, sociability, such as initiating friendly interactions with people and other dogs. Number five, responsiveness to training, such as working with people 
learning quickly. Number six, submissiveness. And number seven, aggression. Dog breed plays an important role in the dog's personality dimensions. While the effects of age and sex have not been clearly determined, the personality models can be used for a range of tasks, including guide and working dog selection, finding appropriate families to rehome shelter dogs, or selecting breeding stock. The next section is about leadership, dominance, and social groups. Dominance is a descriptive term for the relationship between pairs of individuals. The definition is that a dominant animal has a priority of access to resources. Dominance is a relative attribute, not absolute. There's no reason to assume that a high-ranking individual in one group would also become high-ranking if moved to another group. Nor is there any good evidence that dominance is a lifelong character trait. Examples of confident behaviors include growling, inhibited bite, standing over, staring at, chasing, and barking at. Some examples of submissive behaviors include crouching, avoiding, displacement licking, yawning, and running away. One test to ascertain which was the dominant dog in a group used the following criteria. When a stranger comes to the house, which dog starts to bark first? Or, if they start to bark together, which dog barks more or longer? Which dog licks more often the other dog's mouth. If the dogs get food at the same time and at the same spot, which dog starts to eat first or eats the other dog's food? And lastly, if the dogs start to fight, which dog usually wins? Domestic dogs appear to pay little attention to relative size, despite the large weight difference between the largest and smallest individuals. For example, size was not a predictor of the outcome of encounters between dogs meeting or being exercised by their owners, nor was size correlated with neutered male dogs. Therefore, many dogs don't appear to pay much attention to the actual fighting ability of their opponent, presumably allowing differences in motivation 
meaning how much the dog values the resource and perceived motivation, meaning what the behavior of the other dog signifies about the likelihood that it will escalate, ends up playing a much greater role. Puppies learn early not to challenge an older dog, and this respect stays with them into adulthood. When adult animals meet for the first time, they have no expectation of the behavior of the other. They will both, therefore, be initially anxious and vigilant in this encounter, which is characterized by the tense body posture and sudden movements typically seen when two dogs first meet. And this will happen until they start to be able to predict the responses of the other individual. The next section is about scent. Dogs have an olfactory sense, 40 times more sensitive than a human scent, and they commence their lives operating almost exclusively on smell and touch. The special scents that dogs use for communication are called pheromones. Different hormones are secreted when a dog is angry, fearful, or confident, and some chemical signatures identify the sex and age of the dog. And if a female is in the estrus cycle, pregnant, or recently given birth, many of the pheromone chemicals can be found dissolved in a dog's urine and sniffing when another dog is urinated gives the dog a great deal of information about that dog. Male dogs prefer to mark vertical surfaces and having the scent higher allows the air to carry their scent farther. The height of the marking tells other dogs about the size of the dog. As among canines, size is an important factor in dominance. Dogs, and also wolves, mark their territories with urine and their stools. The anal gland of canines give a particular signature to fecal deposits and identifies the marker as well as the place where the dung is left. Dogs are very particular about these landmarks and engage in what is to humans a meaningless and complex ritual before defecating. Most dogs start with a careful bout of sniffing of a location, perhaps to erect an exact line or boundary between their territory and another dog's territory. This behavior may also involve a small degree of elevation, such as a rock or fallen branch, to aid 
dispersal of the scent, scratching the ground after defecating is a visual sign pointing to the scent marking. The freshness of the scent gives visitors some idea of the current status of a piece of territory and if it is used frequently. Regions under dispute or used by different animals at different times may lead to marking battles with every scent marked over by a new competitor. The next sections are about sexual maturity, mating, and behavior problems like separation anxiety and tail chasing. Dogs reach sexual maturity and can reproduce during their first year. Female dogs have their first estrus or heat at 6 to 12 months of age. Smaller dogs tend to come into heat earlier, whereas larger dogs take longer to mature. Estrus behavior in the female dog is usually indicated by her standing still with the tail held up or to the side of the perineum when the male sniffs the vulva and attempts to mount. This tail position is sometimes called flagging. Dogs can also express behavior problems. There are many different types of behavioral issues that a dog can exhibit, including growling, snapping, barking, and invading human space. A survey of 203 dog owners in Melbourne, Australia, found that the main behavior problems reported by owners were overexcitement reported by 63% and jumping up on people, which was reported by 56%. When dogs are separated from humans, usually the owner, they often display behaviors which can be broken into the following four categories. Exploratory behavior, object play, destructive behavior, and vocalization, and they are related to the canine's level of arousal. These behaviors may manifest as destructiveness, fecal or urinary elimination, hypersalivation, vocalization, among other things. Dogs from single-owner homes are about 2.5 times more likely to have separation anxiety compared to dogs from multiple-owner homes. Furthermore, sexually intact dogs are only one-third as likely have separation anxiety as neutered dogs 
the sex of dogs, and whether there is another pet in the home, don't have an effect on separation anxiety. It's been estimated that at least 14% of dogs examined at typical veterinary practices in the United States have shown signs of separation anxiety. Separation problems have been found to be linked to the dog's dependency on its owner, not because of disobedience. Dogs who chase their tails have been found to be more shy than those who don't, and the behavior falls under obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD. In one clinical study, 18 tail-chasing terriers were given the drug clomipramine. This is an FDA-approved drug for OCD in humans, and it increases serotonin and norepinephrine levels. After 1 to 12 weeks of treatment with this drug, 9 out of the 12 dogs were reported to have a 75% or greater reduction in their tail chasing. The last section is about the socialization of dog puppies and wolf puppies. Dog puppies require as little as 90 minutes of contact with humans during their critical period of socialization to form a social attachment. This will not create a highly social pet but a dog that will solicit human attention. In contrast, wolves require 24 hours of contact a day starting before three weeks of age. To create a socialized wolf, the pups are removed from the den at 10 days of age, kept in constant human contact until they are four weeks old, when they begin to bite their sleeping human companions, then spend only their waking hours in the presence of humans. This socialization process continues until age four months, when the pups can join other captive wolves, but will require daily human contact socialized. Despite this intensive socialization process, a well-socialized wolf will behave differently to a well-socialized dog and will display species-typical hunting and reproductive behaviors only closer to humans than a wild wolf. These wolves don't generalize their socialization to all humans in the same manner as a socialized dog, and they remain more fearful of novelty compared to socialized dogs. 
1982, a study to observe the differences between dogs and wolves raised in similar conditions took place. The dog puppies preferred larger amounts of sleep at the beginning of their lives, while the wolf puppies were much more active. The dog puppies also preferred the company of humans rather than their canine foster mother, though the wolf puppies were the exact opposite, spending more time with their foster mother. The dogs also showed a greater interest in the food given to them and paid little attention to their surroundings, while the wolf puppies found their surroundings to be much more intriguing than their food or food bowl. The wolf puppies were observed taking part in antagonistic play at a younger age, while the dog puppies didn't display dominant or submissive roles until they were much older. The wolf puppies were rarely seen as being aggressive to each other or towards the other canines, and they were even less aggressive than the dog puppies. This is the end of this Whisperpedia episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed, or even better, <laughs>